Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Man On Podcast. And we're here with our weekly FPL pod. Um, slightly later in the week, obviously, we just thought it made sense to wait for the FA Cup results. Um, gives us a much better idea, obviously, of who's playing in game week 29. Because um, for a lot of us, the prep for that starts now. Um, and here to join me to discuss um, to discuss these things is Craig. How are you doing, Craig? Yeah, good. Happy with last night's results in the FA Cup, Martin. Has it helped you up or has it uh, made it more confusing? Um, no, I mean, I was I was working to the assumption that we would get what we got, really, I think. Um, the only one that I thought might throw a spanner in the works was if was if Man United went out um, and then they had a home game against Sheffield United. That that could have changed things a bit, couldn't it? But other than that, um, other than that, it, yeah, I, th- I think I pretty much got what I expected. Um, and so, yeah, it's no great shakes. How, how about you? Once Bournemouth lost on Tuesday, I was quite optimistic that Brighton would beat Wolves yesterday and then Bournemouth Wolves would go ahead. And that would make our plans a bit easier because obviously you can load up on Bournemouth with the double in 28. A few of us brought Wolves players in last week because they had Sheffield United, so we're a bit better set with them. So I was kind mm. of optimistic I might end up with like four extra players for game week 29 just through Bournemouth Wolves. Um, yeah. And then yeah, Brighton let us down, which is uh, not great. So... I'm not massively surprised by the other results. There was a part of me that was kind of optimistic that Leeds might get something against Chelsea. Mm. Um, and obviously it started well last night, but I never seriously thought that was likely to happen. But at 2 all, um, well, after 85 minutes or something, Leeds were well in the game. And I kind of felt yeah. like there might be a chance. If they can get to penalties, you never know, right? Or something like that. So I was, and obviously having Arsenal, Chelsea on in 29 would be really helpful. But these things are never really around to help us, are they? It's usually to make things more complicated or decisions more difficult. So yeah, that's it. And it, I think it, it benefits the engaged managers, right? If it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and I think if Arsenal would, che- if Arsenal and Chelsea had been on, then it's, it's the same for everyone, right? We've all got our Arsenal players. Like, well, so what? I mean, it's the same for everyone. So I, I kind of think it's better that that didn't happen. This outcome has, as it's landed, I think now leaves the most sort of flexibility, I think, the the least guaranteed plan. As you said, I think if Arsenal was on, people wouldn't have free hit. I think people would have played with mm. seven or eight and been okay with that. I've, I think even if Bournemouth Wolves would have gone on, I think people would have probably been inclined to just play the week with seven or eight. But the way it's landed now, there's various discussions around whether you use your, your free transfers in the next couple of weeks to get to nine or ten, for maybe for game week 29, there's the option to play with four or five, and I don't necessarily disagree that it's an option. You just go into that week with four or five players. There's obviously mm-hmm. the, the upside of having 11 players out if you free hit. And I think all three options are still valid. And it's, this is the only set of circumstances, really, I think, where it would be like that. So yeah. it's probably good for the diversity of the game, right? That if we're not all using chips at the same time on the same things, it's nice when people do things a bit differently. So definitely. That's, that's where we've got to. So if we'll, we'll go on. Um, so your first slide is so just highlighting the four games that are on and I asked you what your free hit 11 would likely to be um, if you were going to play your free hit in game week 11 and 11 players are uh, on the table on the left and I also asked you to break them down into players that you viewed as essential even though that's not a good word to use but which three players you wouldn't want to go without sort of in any circumstance Mm. Any others that you feel like are quite good to have, but maybe you wouldn't quite class them as essential, but you'd 
expect to have them. And then anyone else that would just be there to basically make up the numbers. So we ended up with this list. Um, and quite surprisingly, only five players that are classified as either essential or good to have. Six players would be classified as basically filler players. I think so, yeah. I think it's just the nature of the fixtures that we've got. Obviously, Spurs and Villa are, are the two best teams in the game week, but they're both away from home um, against reasonably reasonably decent teams that have got pretty good home records this season, right? So I think I think it's just to reflect that, really, that there's nothing that particularly scares me about this game week um, in terms of, oh, yeah, I've got to have him or... You know, or there's 11 players that I'd be really desperate to pick. Um, I've put Don, Tony and Watkins in the essential column. Again, we could probably think come up with a better word. It's, I think it's more the, more the, I don't know what word you'd use instead. But the, I couldn't the, think of one either. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my, my point with those three is that I think the captaincy is going to be split across those three players. So if you at least own all three um, and then... And then you you know you're probably captain one of them. Then I don't think there's anything that's going to really hurt you too much. I think that was my thinking. Um, I think even if even if you haven't got the full eleven out, if you've got those three players and you've got one of them captained, I think you'd be pretty unlucky to have a you know a fat red arrow. For that to happen, you'd need a Spurs or a Villa, you know, to both win win probably quite heavily. And you know the the extra players that people have got, like Madison, um, like um, I don't know who else would people have on a free hit that nobody else is going to have. Maybe maybe some maybe people have punted Bailey or um, or Moreno, something like that. You know these kind of players would have to go quite big for it to hurt you if you if you've got Sontoni and Watkins. I think so. That was my thinking on it really. And then in the good to have Madison and Bowen, I just think. Obviously, we've seen with Bowen on Monday night, you know, the explosive nature. is He's still talisman. It's still a, a home game for West Ham. And then Madison, again, you know, I think it, you know, it has that potential to pull a double-figure haul, haul out. Um, but, yeah, that was it, really. Otherwise, I think potential filler. I think Regulion is maybe, maybe on the boundary here. I think, you know, a set-piece taker against Burnley. You could argue that he should be in the good to have rather than the filler. Um, I don't know what what did you make of this when I sent it through? Did you largely agree with it, or or what did you think? Yeah, I did. I did largely agree with it, and this is sort of my query at the moment that I've known in the past that people have gone into blank game weeks with less than eleven players, and in some cases seven or eight players. But as you say, they've got the right seven or eight players in terms of covering the main captains. And maybe the, in, in, in those seasons, the essential and good to have columns, he would have seven or eight players in rather than five, but they've had them. And if they happen to captain the right player, because of those three essentials, as we've called them here, one of them is probably going to score comfortably more than the other two, right? Good luck predicting which one, but there's probably going to be one of those yeah. three that scores the other two. If you captain that right player and you have the five players here with this essential or good to have, you may get out of this breaking even with, with yeah. five Unless you're going to go on a free hit and go take a real big punt on one particular defence. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I look at those four fixtures, I don't see a clean sheet from any of those eight teams, if I'm being honest. But there's probably a reasonable chance one team might keep one. And if you identify the right team, let's just say, I don't know who it's likely to be. Let's say Brentford. 
if you go into there with triple Brentford defence, which you won't do because of Tony, but you get you get the idea that if you pick the right one, you could have a really good game week. But in reality, if we're, if we're looking at defenders all having two points, no, there's options like Regulion and like Alfie Doughty might get some attacking returns, maybe like Emerson from West Ham or something. But you're looking at punting sort of low upside picks from attacking capability, like, as, as I view them. Then the midfield... There's a couple of differentials that might do well. Someone like Alex Awobi is like playing quite well at the moment. Tottenham, you can never trust for a clean sheet, right? Someone like him could have a good week. The Cadova region, it seems to pop up with halls here and there, someone like that. But you know, it's not big upside. You've got Burnley players, like the, the, the new guy Fafana looks relatively dangerous. Brentford right now don't look great shakes defensively. Could he do something? There's enough players here that could do something. Mm. I, I kind of do feel like, and this is my current dilemma, We'll, we'll get to our teams on that on a future slide, but I'm looking at it and thinking, if I free hit here, what is my upside going to be? Fair enough, I may have five or six extra bodies, but if I genuinely think those players are going to get two or three points each, then the free hit's basically gaining me 20 points over my original team because my original team may have the base four or five covered. So it's the, yeah. the six additional players that are, are, are worth the extra for you. And if you don't, this is where it comes down to sort of personal opinion and how well you think those players will do. If you're looking at it and look at them six and think they're going to get 20 points, 20 points don't feel worth it for a free hit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, don't know. I think that's, I think that's it, isn't it? That's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is, um, like I said, like how, how badly is not free hitting really going to hurt you? Like if Fafana scores a hat trick, is that really going to hurt you? Probably not really. It'd be great for the people that have him but it's not going to hurt you that doesn't have him particularly, is it? Um, and, you know, apply that across across the rest. And I just think, you know, um, you know, for me, I've got my wild card left, so I'm happy to dead end into a couple of these players and then just get rid of them on my wild card as well. So that sort of pushes me away from the free hit a little bit. Um, and obviously we're going to have double game weeks in 34 and 37. Um, now some people might argue oh yeah but we've got plenty of transfers between now and then to have a good team that week anyway whereas this is a bit trickier um, and you know that double game week we're all going to want Man City Arsenal Man City players um, Arsenal players or what you know Chelsea players whatever we're going to want those players anyway which is not the case this week um, so I do understand that but I think for me being able to free hit in a big double game week in that week where you've got all the information and you, you know what it's like it never it never falls perfectly for you does it so i think to have a have a free hit in one of those weeks just feels a bit more powerful well i know some people last week used their free hit in game week 26 and you looked at it and thought there were people obviously last week that were struggling to get to 11 or took a hit to get to 10 or 11 but I think last week, I know it didn't develop like this, but there were two clear teams on paper that I think had quite high upside games. There was Wolves, who most people thought would thump Sheffield United. They didn't. But going into the fixture, you could understand people's sort of expectations of like a three or four nil win or something. And then the Man United-Fulham game, I think people obviously wrongly decided Man United would win that quite comfortably and could score a handful of goals in the, in the process. And there was two mm. teams there with quite low ownership across the board that if you genuinely felt like those two teams could have a big game week, there was clear upside for you doing that. You could gain 40, 50 points on the masses. If Wolves would have won 3-4-0 and you had Wang and Neto and they kept assisting each other and you had Bruno and 
well, I know Hoyland got injured, but something Bruno and Rashford or something, those two could combine for a lot of points. Not only were you going to get a lot of points, but you're going to get a lot of points others weren't getting. So there was, in my eyes, an opportunity last week to play a free hit in a week where the upside was over your original team was quite high because a lot of people had 10, but they were still playing. Like in my case, I played Brentwood. I know I got lucky that he scored against Brighton, but you couldn't have predicted that before the game and, and things like that. Where I'm looking at these fixtures here and I'm not even seeing that. You look at all these four games and I'm not even confident I can name a winner in any of these four games. If you, I know we play a predictors league, right? And we, we try and predict scores every week and results every week. And most of the time you feel quite confident you'll get at least a winning team, right? Even if you get the score wrong. I'm looking at these four games here and all four of these could be draws in my eyes. Yeah. There's not one team you'd be confident would win by two or more goals here, is there? I don't think. No. I No, I agree, yeah. I mean, there's, I say there's, there's potential, like... I think Spurs are capable of um, of winning well against Fulham. I think Brentford are capable of winning well against Burnley just because it's a case of, you know, if you look at Brentford's strengths and Burnley's weaknesses, that's a poor matchup, but you wouldn't really trust it to happen necessarily, would you? You just you wouldn't be surprised if they did win well, but at the same time, you wouldn't particularly trust it. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. The ultimate decision comes down to here, in, to me, whether you feel like, because in my case, I'm probably going to get to about six players realistically if I don't free hit. I might not even make it to that many. So is the upside of five extra bodies, so pretty much say a guaranteed 10 extra points because they all, they all play. So you're going to get two points from each and you expect one or two of them might get a little top up on the, on the two appearance points. But you're guaranteeing yourself more points, I think, if you play the free hit here. By just on the basis you've got 11 players. But the upside of that is not the maybe I, I tend to put like a 50 point ceiling on my free hit I'm, I'm going in there hoping I get 50 points more than my base team would get in the same week I can't see mm. any situation here where my free hit team scores 50 more points than the base team where you go into game week 34 for example like you've said where there's doubles most of my players I think will be playing not guaranteed at the moment we don't know all the fixtures outright but I'd be quite confident I'll get 11 players that week that all have a game and will probably be playing for good teams. They may not have good fixtures, but they play for good teams. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to pick, if I free hit that week, I'm then going to have a decision of, let's pick a random team. Let's say Arsenal have got a single. I might have Saka playing a tricky away game versus, I don't know, a Crystal Palace player with a nice home double or something. And there's no guarantee that the Crystal Palace player outscores Saka in that situation, right? You could get it completely wrong. Now, there's, there's high upside there that you could massively outscore your, your original team. But equally, if it goes really badly, you might actually score less than your original team. We've spoken on a few pods lately, I think, about risk appetite with with certain things, uh, what chip to use, how aggressive to be with hits and things like that. I think it's going to come down to this with what you're doing game week 29. If you want to be a bit conservative and just pocket the extra points, you want to play your free hit. If you want to really sort of chase a big upside, I think there's going to be a, a far bigger upside game week before the end of the season that mm. might promise you 150 points or something yeah. where your original team won't get to that where yeah this week I think if you could, if you score 50 points in game week 29 I think you'd be quite, quite content with that wouldn't you I think I think so I think so yeah I suppose the, the other side of it is um, you know there's two weeks before this and you know you could make the argument of well it's not just about game week 29 it's about the fact you've got to start bringing in this crap now Um but, but you put it like that. 
But, but on the same token, I think there's enough, for me at least, there's enough good players here. There's there's enough of these essentials and good to have that I, that I haven't got yet. That That's fine. I could start bringing them in. Like, I've only got two Tottenham at the moment, so fine. I can bring in an extra Tottenham between now and then. That's good. Um, I've only got Watkins from Villa at the moment, so I can bring in another Villa player between now and then. That's good. Um, uh, uh, Etc. Et so... Um, so yeah, I think for I think for me it kind of kind of works just to muddle through it. I think from now that's actually a fair point because last week we spoke a bit about this, and obviously with anyone that started planning for the twenty nine had a really good week because you would have brought in the likes of a Bowen who got a hat trick, or the likes of Douglas Louise who got points, or Leon Bailey who got points, and things like that. But there was valid alternatives that didn't have a double at that point that you felt like should probably outscore them. The likes of the Wolves guys. You look at it maybe from this week, and. For example, Sun, neither of us have him at the moment. Crystal Palace at mm. home this week. There's not an alternative who doesn't play in 29 that you could make a real valid case for is better, I don't think. Maybe if you've got an Arsenal spot, you might argue that getting another Arsenal player against Sheffield United is better than Sun. You may argue if you own, if you own De Bruyne at the moment, ahead of Man United, that you don't really want to make that move because you, you have more faith in De Bruyne against Man United than what you do Sun against Crystal Palace. But there's not you're not going to bring in De Bruyne in if you don't have him at the moment, I don't think. So I think it's clear now that particularly Tottenham, I think for this week, if you don't have any, if you if you move in Tottenham in now with the idea that they play game week twenty nine, you're not actually doing yourself any damage in the weeks in between. The, the only exception team is going to be going to be Bournemouth, I think, because quite a decent fixture this week against Burnley and in the double. Uh, that's going to be the yeah, sacrifice yeah. you make. I think if you really go hard now on your transfers on twenty nine players, you're going to probably miss out on miss out on Bournemouth. But I think they're the only yeah. team you won't have. Exactly. And really, other than Solanke, if he's fit, good luck picking who does well in that double for Bournemouth anyway. So, is my view. But uh... Let's go on. We'll have a look at your team, um, where you are in terms of game week 29, where you are in terms of game week 27. So, yeah. So, I think it's probably a, a role for me this week. I've already got a benching dilemma, Do I, I think, between Richarlison and Neto. I think it's just how many minutes will Charleston get? I think he'll probably start, but I think if if Tottenham are if Tottenham are in an all right position, um, I think I don't I don't know. That's the first thing I'm interested in your view on. Is there anybody? I think it, it's got to be Richarlison, hasn't it? But would you play Nato um, away at Newcastle over Richarlison? Um, hopefully, Poros. I mean, Richarlison might not even be fit. Right? There's um, I think I've seen on stuff on Twitter today that Richarlison and Porro haven't haven't played a full part in training potentially. Um so I mean it might just be that that decision gets made for me. Um and then if Porro's not fit, I've got Doughty with a home game, like it's it's fine. Um and I sh- I should I should have eleven all right. Um and then going forward it's it's like I just said really, yeah, I can get a couple I can get a couple I've got. Th- I'll have three transfers to get three more, three more game week twenty nine players in, and I think that gets me to nine without any hits. So and you can have the big five, right? If your next three transfers are Sun, Bowen, and Madison, then you've got the five from the last slide that you viewed as essential. Yeah. good to have. Exactly that. Yeah. So I so I can have that, um, or, um, you know, or I can stay. All right. Well, I want. I want Cole and Morris for 
the double game week, for example, like Haaland to Morris, because I'm going to wildcard after game week 29. So I could do, it sounds crazy, but I could do like Haaland to Morris. So miss Haaland away at Liverpool, but add Morris's double game week. And then he's got a game in 29. So it's like a three for one on Haaland. I can do things like that. Um, you're not going to captain Haaland, I assume, next week against Liverpool either, are you? So you're not really losing out on a captaincy either. If, if yeah. well, Some people may decide to captain him, but you'd like to think that at least in terms of fixtures, someone's got a better one. So, so yeah, exactly. So there's options. There's options like that as well. So I think I'm I'm pretty comfortable that, you know, there's there's various ways I can cut it that will get me to nine, nine players that I'm sort of reasonably happy with in game week 29. And then if I decide in that week to take a hit or two for for one or two more, then then I can assess that when I get there. Yeah, tricky uh, benching decision for you actually this week because you look at the the matchups, you're kind of optimistic that Neto could do quite well. Um, I know he gets picked on quite a lot at the moment, Dan Byrne, for being a player to target, but it doesn't seem like that's changing. That's, I still think he's obviously can be... Mm unsurprisingly we, we've known for a while he's not the quickest so he can be run at and things like that get the ball to Neto's feet and let him go at him um, that could lead to opportunities for Wolves I think the, the issue was obviously they massively uh, I wouldn't say underperformed last week but they certainly didn't live up to the expectation that many put on them maybe that was a fault of us for having those high expectations we've spoken so many times about that we view average teams and even if there's good players in average teams, that maybe we put too much emphasis and too much trust in them. Now, Jared Bowen last week, another one of those scored a hat-trick. So there's some variance in there and there will be games where it works out. But on the whole, one of our pre-season rules was not to... Well, yeah, I think we all had the same rule, you know, in a way, not to mess around too much with these sort of middling teams. Mm. So putting too much faith in Wolves is, is maybe not the right idea. I guess we trust Tottenham a little bit more, although I think they've been off the boil, it feels like, for a few fixtures. I don't think this is the, the Tottenham we saw maybe six, seven game weeks ago. I think we had a, a consistency yeah. around Tottenham then and we kind of knew what we was expecting. At the moment, it feels like they've gone off the boil a bit and they just had a decent rest, haven't they, with with the blank last week. So, yeah. I think it's um, it's a bit of like a like a talisman thing as well. Like if Huang's injured, isn't he, it seems. So, like if you told me if you told me that um if you told me now that wolves and tottenham will both score twice at the weekend and you didn't give me any other information i think i would start neto because i think well it's probably more likely that neto's been involved maybe than richarlison like it's, it's more likely that spurs could score a couple of goals and richarlison isn't involved i think there's maybe that to it it's just the fact of benching uh, a midfielder who's playing out of position up front for a top six team who's at hope mm. yeah. there's not many circumstances you can justify to yourself that that makes a lot of sense right um, yeah I'd probably play the team you've got I think if I was in your position I don't know how much money you've got in the bank the other option you've got is do you do you get Neto, Neto up to Sun then bench Richardson. I don't know if you've got enough money to get Neto up to Sun but you, you could maybe think about doing that uh, yeah yeah, that's an option. Um, have I got enough money? Well, I say it's an option. Might not be. No, it's not. Nowhere near. No, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but that's the only. Yeah, that's the only one. So you're not getting Solanke then? No. Well, this is it. I think I might. I, I potentially might not. Again, that's an option. It's like if I could get Morris instead, right? Because he's also got a double. Um, it's not. A, 
it's not a terrible double. It's not as good as Solanke's, but like you say, we're not talking about we're not talking about a Haaland or you know one of the elite players either way, really. So do I go for three games of Morris or two games of Solanke? I think that's my decision, really. And we also don't know about his fitness. About his fitness, yeah. I suppose the other element is that Slanky will be heavily captained. But, I don't know, part of me wants to take that on. Um, Because I'm not sure. I know it's two good home games, but I feel like, you know, we talk about picking your battles through the season, right? And I think think that massive sort of pile on Slanky... Um, I don't know what do you, is is that an example of you sh- a, a battle you shouldn't pick, or is that an example of a battle that you could pick? Um, I, I don't know. I, you, you could probably argue it either way, but I feel like I, I, I maybe want to take it on. It's it's not quite another Emmanuel Dennis triple captain, but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of along those lines, isn't it? I think it's a big risk. His ownership's going to or his EO. Next week he's probably going to be up near two hundred percent. Right, anyone mm. like I'm in this boat. Anyone that didn't triple captain Harland last week, or obviously there'd be people that played the triple captain in other game weeks. But most people that still have a triple captain will play it on him next week. Certainly, if they get win, that he's definitely fit. I'm of the mindset then that do I want to do that? I've got. We'll get to my team in a minute. I own him already. I bought him in last week, um, but. Do I want to triple captain someone with a 200% EO? Not really. I've already captained Solanke twice this season, fairly recently, and he scored in either game. Now, you shouldn't let that impact what you do in the future because there was, there was plenty of game weeks in the past where Harry Kane had a good home game and they didn't get anything. That's still captain Harry Kane again. So mm. I, sh- I shouldn't be influenced too much by the fact that Solanke has let me down when I've needed him, should we say, as a captain. But... We're back to the same boat again, mid-table team. Am I putting too much faith in a good striker? Don't get me wrong. A talismanic striker, don't get me wrong. But if you said to me now, Captain Jared Bowen in two good home games in the double, I wouldn't do it. And is Solanke another player sort of in that boat? Mm. I, th- I feel like now, if you offer me the chance to triple captain someone, what am I going to have more fun doing? Triple captain Solanke next week. I know we all play for points, but what what points tally are we sort of expecting from him in that home double next week? Now, because I've got no other chips left, no bench boost to use, things like that. In game week 37, who knows what the doubles are going to be? We're now getting win that Arsenal might have some extra doubles. Um, there's a possibility their game week 33 game might get cancelled uh, and pushed back. That's against Villa. So that's going to end up being pushed into a double. Arsenal-Chelsea is going to get pushed into a double now that's not being played in 29 so you've got a team like Arsenal with doubles to come. You've got a team like Liverpool with doubles to come. I'm looking at it now and thinking I'd much rather use my triple captainship in a week where the captaincy is a lot more spread. So Solanke will be the obvious captain next week. So there'll be a week in one of these doubles where there's two or three players that are vying for captaincy. Mm. Um, if I stick it on one of those, or even there might even be a fourth or fifth player in that week um, that stands out. I'd have much more fun having a triple captain on someone with an EO of like 50% than what, either or even less than 50% compared to 200%, which is what Solanke's going to be. And on the basis he's injured, yeah. on the basis he hasn't been scoring loads of goals lately, and on the basis that Bournemouth have got a bit unreliable, I would say. Mm. I, I can see the comparison to Watford. Say Bournemouth aren't as bad as what Watford were. They're not 
sort of relegation fodder like Watford were that year. But in some ways, Solanke probably ain't loads better than those Watford guys, depending on what how you view it. Yeah, I don't think uh, I'd be this... brave enough to go without him, but I'm I'm less inclined to want a triple captain him. I think. Yeah, yeah, it all makes sense. Say, so I'm I'm thinking at the moment I might go without him. I might just get Colton Morris instead, which it it could be a <laughs> it could be a disaster. But I know it's too like Luton's double is Crystal Palace away, Bournemouth away, right? So, um, whereas Bournemouth's double is what is it? Sheffield United home and Luton at home. It is. Yeah, when you say it out loud, but say, but he does have the game week twenty nine fixture as well. It is a bit of a it is a bit of a punt. Like, let's just take on everybody captaining Slanky. Um, so the other option is obviously, you know, just just take have Slanky captain him, and then just you know, it, will he score enough points to then justify? Okay, well, I'll get Morris in or another striker in game week twenty nine for a minus four. Um. So yeah, there's there's, there's the unknown. Right? This this Sankey outscore Morris by four points next week. Uh, yeah, we'll leave exactly that open to everyone to make their own decisions. Um, <laughs> I won't. I won't confidently say he would. To be honest, you obviously expect him to, but it's a bit tentative. We'll go on to my team, and you'll see straight away. Game week twenty nine isn't looking anywhere near as rosy for me. I've only got three players, and one of those I'm debating selling. So uh, that'll be quite interesting. Uh, at the moment, of your um, essential list, I don't have Watkins or Son. At the moment, I'm also looking to roll this week. Um, I don't feel like there's enough upside in Tottenham. I've obviously just spoken when we were talking about your team that I think they've dropped off a little bit. Now, they've got most of their players back now. The Basumas, the Van der Vens and players like that that maybe miss games. But I wouldn't mind seeing some evidence of Tottenham sort of turning that corner and getting back on that bandwagon of being good again before I just go diving into multiple of their players. And I think De Bruyne probably plays this. He played Tuesday, quite a decent break between Tuesday and Sunday. I don't think he needs to play a part in the Copenhagen game next midweek and then he'll be available for obviously Liverpool game week 28. So I think the rest between Luton and Man United is big enough Tuesday to Sunday. He can have his break, recovery, rest for the Copenhagen game. It's a home game, so they can put him on the bench or something. They don't need to bring him on. And then he can play the Liverpool game. On the basis that the Bruyne Haaland sort of partnership went so well, it, I know it was FA Cup and it was Luton, but first time they've really clicked to that level this season. They've not been on the pitch very much mm. together. It's, it doesn't seem a sensible time to be taking De Bruyne out to me for Sun, who we don't know what position he's playing in. We don't know quite a good Tottenham are. Crystal Palace are a bit of an unknown with a new manager and all, yeah. all these sorts of things. I mean, I'm inclined to roll, um, which doesn't set me up, obviously, for, for 29. And then next week, I'm in the position you were just in. I, I, if, I, if I was going to make a move, I don't have a wild card, so that maybe makes me play a bit differently to you. I would quite like to move Regulon on to a Bournemouth defender. Get the, I'd have Regulon with the uh, the Bournemouth defender with the double. I'd have Doughty with a double. Um, Gabriel's got a perfectly fine game. Uh, Van Dijk, I'd need to bench, really. He's got Man City. I wouldn't particularly want to play him in that. Brentwaite's game's not great either. So, make the defender transfer and play with a good back three. Um, I would have the second free transfer if I roll this week. So, I could still do De Bruyne to Sun if I see enough from Tottenham in this game week. 
But I can't see a situation here where I get... I've got enough free transfers to get the three essentials, Tony Watkins and um, and Sutton. But I can't see a situation where I also get the extended two of, of Madison and Bowen as well. Um, realistically, I, I could be looking at like four players for game week 29. If I sell Regulon for the Bournemouth, I'll probably get Sun in. And I, I imagine my 29 transfer would be like Solanke to Watkins or something. And that would and that would get me to four. Um, now that's on that fine margin between seven extra players who say so you might not put high ceilings on them, but seven's quite a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite different to my situation. Yeah, going in with only four. Um, I mean. What Bournemouth defender are you particularly excited about? That's what I'm interested in because I I wouldn't want to pick one. In terms of excitement, I'd go for Kirkes, I think, but I, I don't have the latest update on Lloyd Kelly. Obviously, he was playing left back the most before he got injured. Mm. If I knew Kirkes was going to play both the games next week, I think I would get him. I think yeah. Sinesi's on eight bookings, so he could get booked this week and go into the double one yellow card away from a ban and then get booked again in the first game of the double and then miss the second game. So I think he's... Not really an option for me. Zabania is perfectly fine, but you, you probably need one clean sheet from the two games from Bournemouth to justify that. Um, maybe you'll get that. I've also got the option of telling Debravka for Neto because Raya can't play next week because it's Arsenal Brentford and obviously he's on loan. Yeah. I'm, I'm forced to play Debravka next week, which I don't particularly want to do either. So it might even be worth the four points to move the Bravka to, to Neto. Um, but I don't know if that's really worth it. Is, is Neto going to score? You probably need like two clean sheets or at least a clean sheet and a lot of save points from Neto to, to make up four points. And you're eating budget up from the future if I do that with no... I'm not going to make any more goalkeeper transfers. But mm. yeah, I don't know where I stand at the moment. I'm, so I'm a bit reluctant to go flying into Tottenham. And they seem the, the logical team to me for the double. But it's just weird. I have no West Ham, no Villa, no Tottenham. And if you look at those teams for 29, they're the three teams you'd probably want. But something's putting me off playing the three here. I really, I've really got no excitement about those four fixtures. That yeah. I'm more inclined to want to play with four men. than. Uh... <laughs> That's exciting in itself, right? You could just... Uh hide behind the sofa while every other game's going on apart from those those ones but um those yeah. teams have got good games either side like Tottenham's games either side of 29 aren't horrible starting from this week they've got an alright run of games even into like 32 I think so if you got them now you could quite happily hold them for a bit if you get Villa now they run at least for a few weeks after 29 so it makes sense for me to get them because so you can deal with it with a wild card I can't but the fixtures from these teams are holdable for at least two or three more weeks afterwards. So it's not a rush to get, immediately sell them all. No. But I just quite like this team. I quite like the setup of my team. And do I have that much faith in Jared Bowen against Aston Villa in 29? I want to take someone out who I quite like to get him in. And then I'm probably going to re want to reverse the transfer fairly soon after. Because I look mm. at this midfield I've got right now and say De Bruyne can become son at some point. I'm fine with that. That spot's probably going to become Salah at some point fairly soon after game week 29. Really, my fifth midfield spot would then be Neto to Cole Palmer. So I'm probably looking at fairly soon trying to get to a midfield of Salah, Saka, Foden, Palmer, um, and probably still Garnacho or something. 
Mm. If, if that's my priority, which sets me up for six, seven weeks at the end of the season, do I need to waste two transfers and possibly hits in the meantime, getting Jared Bowen in because he happens to play Aston Villa in a blank game week? It's, it's, it, you need quite a lot of points from him if you're using two transfers and taking hits. to That's what the knock-on effect it causes. Yeah. So... Yeah. No, I agree, yeah. So the free hit is one solution to it, that I can just get these players I don't particularly want for any sort of length of time. Even Ollie Watkins, I'd put in that in that bracket. I know he's doing well at the moment, but my argument is for his current price, I think his potential for points is largely the same as a lot of players that are cheaper. I know mm. variance over the last couple of weeks has seen Watkins score more than Tony, but I think over a run of fixtures, if you played them, kept them both for eight weeks, I don't think they'd be Watkins would get significantly more points to justify like the million cost difference. And then you look at sort of cheaper attackers like Solanke and like Hoyland if he was fit and Darwin and people like that. I just don't think Watkins is worth the extra. So I don't particularly want him. I, I wouldn't mind having him, but I don't particularly want him because that extra budget that I'm spending to accommodate him into my attack means I haven't got that budget to that might stop me getting Salah or something or another defender that I want. So I... I, I so it's not I don't want Watkins, but he kind of upsets all my finances by getting him in. So just having yeah. him for Watkins is kind of more more suitable to me, I guess. But yeah, yeah. again, and and in his it's West it's West Ham away, really a Watkins game. Like you could argue it's not, I think, can't you? So um so yeah, absolutely. I think this makes me think of um and in amongst all the bait that he throws out, one of the things that Andy Martin says consistently that I really like is you need to accept the weeks where you're going to get a red arrow. Like you can't try and play, you can't just try and play for a green arrow every week. Like the, the game just doesn't really work like that. You you have to have a bit of a plan where there might be a week in it where you're like, okay, well, I know I'm going to get a red, red arrow this week that or that week because everybody else or a lot of other people are going to be doing this, but it's fine because I know that these are the weeks where I expect to get a green arrow because I've done that. And I think, I think that kind of thinking applies to this, doesn't it? Um, I think so, if I was going to yeah. play the three here, I'd have those main three. So I agree. They're the main three. And my decision on Watkins is much like you've got with Solanke next week. You're considering going without because maybe you think that not, you can cover his points, but you think something else suits you better. Um, I'd have a similar dilemma with Watkins in 29. If I didn't free hit, the logical move, I say, would be to move Solanke to Watkins, and I could have, I'd be able to afford it if I did the Bruyne to Sun. But yeah, I don't know if I really want Watkins past that, so I'm, I might be tempted to avoid Watkins in 29 against West Ham. The same way you're debating not having Solanke for the double. No. Um, maybe that's dangerous. Maybe that's a, a silly risk because maybe he'll be the most popular of the three for the captaincy in 29. I, I think I'd probably slightly favour Captain Antonio. I think at the moment of the three essentials. But I might be in a minority with that with, with that call. People might prefer to Captain Sun or Watkins. But if I was on a free hit, I think I'd, I'd need those three. And I would make all of the other eight massively differential just to try and in some way spice it up and make it a bit fun. I would really take a stand on one defence. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know who it would be. That's, that's another reason I don't like the free hit in 29 is because I like to have a block defence with a free hit. And yeah, like you say, I don't know who I'd do it with in this. So... Well, I'd have to, if I went with Tony and, and Watkins as the two strikers, that rules out the, the Brentford games and the Villa games. 
it's, it's pretty impossible. To, uh, you, you want Sun, so you can't go block defence on Tottenham. So the block defence has to come from the Luton Nottingham Forest game. <laughs> I can't imagine myself going over block defence from... Am I really going to pick Kaminsky, Doughty and, I don't know, someone else? <laughs> yeah. I'll block yes. Nottingham Forest defence and hope for the nil-nil. Uh, can, you imagine, can you imagine going with Kaminsky and, and Doughty and then three Nottingham Forest defenders hoping for the nil-nil? <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. It's ugly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm undecided right now. Um, I'm certainly not going to sort of go out of my way to try and over the top to try and get more players in for 29. If I play with four or five, that might be an option. The free hit is still there if I decide that I'm kind of backed into the corner of the, I just need more players than what I've got. I don't know if by 29 we'll know what's going on in 34. I'm not sure when we get clarity on on that. I don't think we, we will know. Um, but if I could get some sort of understanding on what potentially we might be looking at for, for the doubles in 34 and what my who might blank? Because if I let's say, for example, I've still got Triple Man City and they're going to blank in 34, then the free hit appeals to me a lot more then. But I'm, I'm not quite sure of the lay of the land for 34, 37. And I know there's in 34, especially there's the, the possibility of blanks and doubles for some for certain teams. And obviously most will probably have one game. Hmm. But if I had a better understanding of who those teams were, it might work out that I have multiple players from two of the teams that are going to blank, right? And then the free hit is more appealing then because you can go after doubles. Where here you're going after Luton and Forest players. Um, so yeah, we'll see. At the, at the moment, I think I'm, I'm probably tentatively I'm edging towards playing the free hit, but it's I don't particularly want to. Not and really in a season like this where we're not doing all that well, should we we we, we should be playing more for for fun and what's going to give you the most enjoyment and. At the moment, I yeah. don't see much enjoyment in that free hitting game week 29, if I'm honest. I think I'd rather play with four or five weeks, even if it is a big red arrow, knowing that I've got enjoyment to come with a free hit in a double. Yeah. And that's the other element of me kind of not wanting to buy Solanke as well. So I think we're, we're both around about 300k, aren't we? Yeah. It's like, if I can swing against everybody above me, pretty much, captain in Solanke... You know that feels like I don't know. It feels like an opportunity that you know I'd I'd rather swing against Solanke than swing against Harland in a double game week later on. Or <laughs> you know, so there we go. I think that's pretty much everything. I don't know if there's anything else we wanted to talk about. We did it right there. I think. No, I think I think that's probably it. Captaincy. It's not really a debate this week, is it? Just Harland, home to Man United. I guess especially guess after doing that, week, right? Yeah, after that yeah. week, I don't think you can not do it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've got, um, I've got high hopes for Odegaard this week after, after getting nothing but a yellow card from a from a big win last week. Um, it's all going to come <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so not talking about Sky. We're going to do a Sky pod before uh, the end of the week as well. First Sky pod for us two for quite a while, actually. And he may come up as part of that decision. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Odegaard a bit more on there. Well, I've got some thoughts about him, but yeah, I think he could be a good game for him against uh, against Sheffield United. So yeah, you should do well out of him. All right, cool. Uh, right, let's leave it. Let's leave it there then. Thanks everybody for watching, listening. If you enjoy the content, uh, please do please do like the YouTube video or rate the rate the podcast on Spotify or whatever else, subscribe, 
um share it share it is fantastic um all that good stuff uh yeah if you enjoy the content that would help us out enormously and uh good luck with the game week everybody and we'll see you soon see you soon